<clears throat> Justin Canavan that spoke Wednesday night, I wrote down something that I read that came from Japan. <clears throat> a Japanese butcher shop has a 43-year-old wait list for its extreme crochet, a beef and potato uh, knish made with high-end Kobe beef. The shop has 63,000 people currently on its waiting list. <laughs> the, the U.S. has frozen funds to the United Nations Agency <clears throat> Excuse me. That supports Palestinian refugees. After learning that at least seven members of the UN joined Hamas in that October seventh thing, it's a mixed-up world, isn't it? Faulty temperature readings are behind climate change. Civilian deaths in Gaza are relatively low. The news is publishing more than actual. And Iran is closer than ever to a nuclear bomb. But our God reigns. Our God reigns. His word is still true. His promises are still true. I challenge you with them. <clears throat> Lord, help me with this. <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, uh, last time I, I preached here, we talked about uh, the difference between repentance and remorse, things like that. There's a lot of fundamental things that we just have to continue to believe, and there are things we can share. I want to read some scriptures today about God electing you, God predestinating you. Do you know you, you are predestined? One guy shook his head. You're predestined by God. Why did he put you on earth? And you know, we have to know these truths to live a life led by the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Word of God. And you, you can't separate. <clears throat> well, you can. You don't need to separate being led by God and the Bible. There's people that just believe the Bible, want nothing to do really with the Holy Spirit. And you, you can be way off track. There are people, and we charismatics are famous for it, saying we believe the Bible, but we don't know it. We don't stand on it. And we claim to be led by the Spirit. And we're, many are messed up. It takes both. Say, it takes both. To live the life. See, God has put godly desires in you. And for those godly desires to come out of you, you've got to know the Word and be led by the Spirit. It, takes, it just takes both. You remember the story in the Bible of two men. They built two houses that were identical. 
One in the sand, one on a rock. We got to build it on the rock. Because the storms come, one fail, one stood. You've got to build your foundation right. That's true in every area of life. Spiritually, the church, your job, your home, your hobbies, whatever. You've got to have a foundation. Horse trainers know that. We had a little <clears throat> class out there years ago. And people come. And they were talking about doing things next week that I said, maybe in two years you'll do it. It takes time. It's step by step sometimes. <clears throat> Lord, we bless you. The word for today used this proverb. It's Proverbs uh, 14, 12. And it's also Proverbs 16, 25. Not many are just repeated like that. And I'd forgotten that that was... There is a way which seems right to man, but its end is a way of death. Now, don't say that can't happen to me because I'm a Christian. There's many Christians way off track, or we'd be fuller than we are this morning. It's just easy to get misled. The Word won't mislead you. The Holy Spirit won't mislead you. It's old number one wanting to do what we each just want to do. So I want to just share some scriptures with you about that and think about that. You know, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And what? And the Word was God. You cannot separate God and His Word. Don't separate them. We need, the, we need the Word. And listen, don't underestimate your Word. Bring your Bible. Get in, get in that Word. Read it in a different translation. Look at it some other ways. You're, you're better off reading one chapter than you are trying to read the whole Bible. I mean, find a place that ministers to you. That uh, verse, and I'll, I'll read it this morning, that Hebrews 9.14, I studied that verse for a month or two around here. How much more will the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offer to himself without blemish to God cleanse your conscience from dead works? How to live for God. Lord, we just bless you. Luke 4.6 this is Jesus when he'd been baptized by John. He'd started his ministry. And the first thing that happened to him was the Holy Spirit. It said, led him into the wilderness. Where he fasted for 40 days and Satan tempted him three times. And this is an unusual temptation. The devil said to Jesus, I will give you all this dominion and its glory. For it has been handed over to me. And I give it to whomever I wish. Now, is that a true statement? If it wasn't a true statement, it wasn't a temptation. Satan had ruled the earth for 4,000 years. 
How did he do that? God put two perfect people, Adam and Eve, in a perfect place and just told them one thing not to do. And they disobeyed. And when they disobeyed, they forfeited the control of mankind. Now, why didn't God stop that? I mean, you see Harold's two little boys playing. One take, the big one takes something away from the little one. You might make him give it back. But see, God has given us a free will. And Adam disobeyed. Listen, disobeying God's word is sin. Say sin. It's sin is still an issue with God. It's still an issue in the church. It is. And, and we just skirt over so many things. But Satan gave control over. Adam knowingly sinned, transferred the authority over to Satan. And that's why he could look God Almighty in the face and say, it's my world. He was king of the mountain. Isn't that what it said? It's mine and I can give it to whomever. There's still people empowered by him. He has given them control in things. Come on. But he's not the God of the world anymore. But he's God of a lot of people's world. I'll show you some scripture about that. We understand the transfer. But then Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice, paid the price, defeated Satan at the cross. We surely understand that if we're born again. So Satan is not the God of this world now. He was, but Jesus Christ defeated him. You can look at Colossians 2.15. It says, When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Facebook, I hope you're getting this this morning. Here's another verse. You know this verse, Matthew 28, 18. What did Jesus say? One of his last meetings with the disciples. All authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. He's given it. He was given it to by, God, by God, and he has given us that authority. Psalms 8, I didn't put that up, but he says, I've given you authority. Rule over the earth. We're to rule over the earth. And there's some things we're crying out for God to do, and he's going, hmm, I'm waiting on you guys. He's waiting on us. We're, we always want somebody else to do it. <clears throat> My dad worked on a ranch, a young man down around Pecos, Texas, and he said the cowboys slept in a bunkhouse. And, of course, ate in another place. And he said, uh, if somebody slept in, they just let them sleep in. But said, when they come in that night, all their belongings would be rolled up and said, uh, you get your stuff and get in the truck. We're taking you to town. We got a good man who wants to sleep in that bed. I mean, they weren't going to come wake them up. My dad had, had a, 
when he lived over here, and he had many guests in his house over there, to say the least. But he had a good, a good friend, and this guy's 50 years old, and he said, Morgan, you'll have to wake me up in the morning now. Dad told me, I'm not waking him up. He's 50 years old. If he can't get up and go to work, something wrong with him. I'm not waking him up. I mean, there's got to be some discipline that you've got in your life. I mean, we have to discipline this flesh. <clears throat> Revelations 11, 15. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, help me. The seventh, <clears throat> seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ, and He will reign forever and ever. See, that does away with Satan saying, I've got control of everything. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ, and He will reign forever and ever. That's when Jesus went to heaven. He kicked him out. Now I want to talk, show you some verses about your election. You being chosen by God. You don't think you're chosen by God. Ken, you don't have any idea. Gerald, you don't have any idea how much God loves you and has planned for you. You don't have any idea how much He loves you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Just as He chose us, God chose us in Him, that's Christ Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. Now, holiness is still a good term. It's still what God expects us to be, and blameless. See, Adam was blameless, and he sinned, transferred that authority. Maybe you're wondering why the devil's running over you. Just ask the Lord. He'll show you. But he chose us before the foundation of the world. He chose us and he said, now I've got to build a place for him. And one of my favorites is King David saying this in Psalms 139. And I'm sure you know this scripture. You formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. See, he knows all about little Stella over there. He made her. David said, I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. Your soul knows it. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. I mean, doesn't he know all about us? He created us. Rob goes and builds a house. He knows all about it. And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me. When as yet there was not one of them. 
He's got your days written out. He's got a book of remembrance for you. Of, he's got a plan for you. That's I love that term convergence when we finally converge our lives really and go the direction God wants us to go. And it's a process. It's a process. Say, I'm in that process. We're, we're in that process. Romans 8.29 For those whom He foreknew See, He knew you way back before the foundation of the earth. That's when He also predestined to become conformed. You're predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. That's the goal. So that He, Jesus, would be the firstborn among many brethren. He's predestined you to be like Jesus. That's the process we're in. We're becoming more like Him. How's He doing? He's stripping that junk off of us. He shows us. That doesn't look like Jesus. And we, we lay that down. Lord, take that from me. I give it to you. Second Thessalonians 2.13 A new book. But we should always give thanks to God for you. Here's Paul praying for us. Brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit. The Spirit setting you apart. And faith in the truth. Chosen you from the beginning. He's chosen you from the beginning. Now come on. If the world's richest person called you and you've won that big prize, you'd be more excited about that when we are. And God said he's chose us for such a thing as this. That he knows us. We are his idea. But we still got this. We just got so much self-condemnation. Maybe that might be a way. We let the enemy remind us too much of the past instead of looking at the promises of God to the future. <clears throat> Oswald Chambers in today's devotion talked about the, one of the greatest things God gave us is our imagination. And to use that imagination to get in God's presence. Just imagine being in His presence. Use your imagination for Him. <clears throat> John fifteen sixteen. You did not choose me, but I chose you. We think we found God. But I chose you, and I have appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He may give you. If you'll walk with Him, if you'll get under the, His shadow as we had in our prayer meeting this morning, under God's shadow, if you'll bear fruit, your fruit remains, you just ask God whatever you want. He'll do it. And you won't ask Him for anything wrong. Because you're in His presence. 
Where's the fruit? Come on, we're short on fruit. Amen. Thank you for the amen. Listen, duty is ours. The result is God's. The duty's ours. We're going to stand before him. He'll say, what did you do with what I gave you? And yet he loves us, Psalm 16.3. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. That's what God says about you. Now, the, the enemy wants to tell you you're a nobody. But empowered by God, empowered by God, you're somebody. You're somebody. And yet we can get, uh, we can get thinking we're something. I heard one brother's testimony the other day, and he was in another country, and God had done a lot through him, and they were, the next speaker was bragging on him, and he said, you know, I got to thinking my time has come. I'm doing pretty good. And God told him something. I don't remember his exact quote. But he said, in, in your best day, you really don't hurt my kingdom much. He said, I hit the floor. I hit the floor. I mean, we can get puffed up, but listen, we just got to know where our strength is. It's about him. It's about allowing him to live his life through us. It's a process. It's a process. King David said in Psalms 40 verse 12, Evils beyond number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I'm not able to see. They're more numerous than the hairs of my head and my heart has failed me. See, sin sucks life out of you. David is such an example of a man walk with God and yet we know he had failures and yet, when you read him about him in Acts, God said he was a man after my own heart. I mean, you can, we can be restored from our failures. But if you feel like the world's caving in on you and you don't, it's a good time to repent. Listen, repentance has got to be a part of the Christian life. It's not just once you do on Sunday, or I did that when I got saved. I repent of wrong thoughts. I don't want to think that way. That's not who I want to be. My iniquities have overtaken me. Iniquities overtake us. If we don't confess them and get rid of them, they overtake you. David said, I was not able to see. You know, his sin of adultery and having a man killed and a baby came forth from that. So that was a process that I'm going to say was at least over a year that he lived under that. I don't know if that's what he's talking about there, but he lived under that. I mean, we can act like it's okay, and yet inside, 
I'm going to read a verse a minute. It talks about healing the soul. I love that Psalm 103 where David said, I bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Within your soul, your innermost being, that's your, your spirit, your, the real you. When you read the Bible, it talks about the soul then going to be with the Lord. Soul departed. See, if the soul, if your soul's not healed, we talk about we, we get wounded. We get wounded through life. We grow up, the things we went through, some things wound us. And there's people that carries that, and those wounds afflict, afflict other people. And if we don't get the soul healed, that's what comes out of us. But in that Psalms 103, he blessed the Lord on my soul. And then he said, you've forgiven my iniquities. You've healed my diseases. And I love that. And you've redeemed my life from the pit. Now you can get back in the pit after you're saved. He redeemed my life from the pit. And then it still says, and crown me with loving kindness and compassion. Is that not a good God? Who satisfied our lives with good things? I'm believing for this. Renew my youth like that of that eagle. Come on. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, out of our soul. Psalms 41.4. As for me, I said, O oh Lord, be gracious to me and heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. When you sin, you, you affect, it affects your soul, your spirit area, your innermost being. And I can imagine David, there he's took another wife. He already had several. He's got another child, another boy. And he'd lived with that for a year before the prophet came over and said, you're the man, David. You're the man. You're the guilty one. And, of course, David at once admitted, yes, that's me. That's me. And when we confess our sins, we need to get our souls healed in that process. That's why real repentance and forgiveness is the first step of healing the soul. And if we don't, we can't know who we are and, and believe our identity in God carrying all these wounds around because it's just, a, it's a battle for life. It's what David said. My iniquities have overtaken me. They Sin, the weights of the world, suck life out of us. But real repentance. Now, we talked about repentance from a lost person is the process of getting saved, confessing they've tried to live their life apart from God. But we as Christians, we need to know we have strayed from what you called us to. We repent of the sins that we're in, whatever that sin is that has allowed that open door, that's allowed the iniquities in our lives. And we repent of those. We ask for forgiveness. 
And we, we talk about receiving cleansing. Cleanse my soul. And we're forgiven. We're forgiven. If you've, if you've earnestly asked him, you're forgiven. We sang about freedom. And, and listen, I want you to be free in here. You're free to be here or not be here. That's your choice. Adam had a choice. He made a choice. David had a choice. He made choices. He's the one we want to please. He's the one we're going to stand before. He's the, he's the one that's got everything we're looking for in the wrong places. We just don't want to come to him. That's why I love that Hebrews 9, 14. How much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. When your conscience is clear, that's getting your soul cleansed. That's getting your soul cleansed. It's, a, it's great to take a burden of sin off. Maybe David... Well, he knew. He knew. We always know. We just don't want to deal with it. And we justify how we are right. But when we repent, we forgive. We want to receive forgiveness, so we have to be able to forgive others. It's the first step to healing your soul. I declare a cleansing to your soul. Declare a cleansing to your soul. If there's an issue that in your past, it may just be the devil bringing it up. You may have already repented before God. Learn, put that full armor on. Raise that shield of faith where it says you can stand against the fiery darts of the adversary. Self-condemnation, the condemnation of the adversary. He's good at bringing up the wrongs. But you've got to believe the promises of God that you are elected by God. He did predestine you to be His child. He has predestined you to go forth and bear fruit and that that fruit would remain. That's His will for our lives. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we've got to have these fundamental things in our lives to stand. That's when you put on that full armor and you put on all six pieces of it. Then it says, stand firm. 2024 is going to test what, how firm we stand. You may hear something that shakes you, but gather your composure, put your eyes back on Jesus and stand firm. There's some things we can fix and some we have to believe Him to do. There's a lot of about declaring, and we need, as Angie alluded to that earlier, we need to do, decree and declare the right things. You, your, your, your mouth, we've got to let God say through us what he wants to say. Let me say it that way. Instead of our doubts and fears. Or, well, you know what they say. Well, I don't care what they say I want to know what he says that's eternal that's the gospel 
We're his people. We're called by his name. The importance of knowing you were elected by God, predestined to be his child. The priesthood of the believer means you've got just as much right to go to God as any other saint. You've got that right. In fact, you've got that responsibility. If you're not where you want to be in life, it's not God's fault, it's yours. He has given us everything we need according to Scripture that pertains to life and godliness. What else is there besides life and godliness? Let's just stand up and worship Him. Let's just worship Him. Let's just bless Him. And David said his iniquities had overtaken him. There's an issue between you and God. Just deal with it. You can repent where you're at. You can come up here. You can come to the altar. If you want someone to pray with you, we'll pray with you. But you are God's idea. Now what are you going to do with it? And you got to keep saying, well, someday I'm going to. If you don't take that step today, you're not going to. Whether it's taking time to just hang out with God for a while. If you don't take time to read His Word, how are you going to know the Holy Spirit? How do you know God's voice? Lord, we want to know You. We want to be the church You've called us to be. I declare Your Lordship over us. I declare the Holy Spirit is speaking to us this morning. I thank you for your love and for your acceptance. Lord, I pray clarity for all of us to know your voice. Not follow the voice of a stranger. We bless you, Jesus Christ. Lord, we call heaven into earth. I decree your angels are ministering to us this morning. Lord, thank you. Lord, you've helped me here this morning. Lord, you meet every, every need as we cry out to you. Lord, you said that you had chosen us to go bear fruit. And we did that. We could ask you. And we complain really about you not answering our prayers, Lord. Show us our part. Thank you for the right to come before the King of all kings. Through the name of Jesus. We come boldly before the throne. We're your kids. We're your idea. 
Lord, you miss us. I can call out all kinds of names of people I miss this morning. I miss Ruby. Tattershaws, oppressors, others, Lord. I know they're on my heart, but you know what? We are on God's heart. He misses us. Lord, we fellowship with you this morning. We bless you. He's more than a, a gift. He is the gift of God. We welcome what you want to say this morning, Lord. Jesus, I my love on you. I bless you, Lord. I bless you. You're our foundation, Lord. Our conscience can get seared. Apparently that have happened to David. As he lived with that for over a year. Oh, it's good to be forgiven. To know you're forgiven. It's good to know you belong to him. You'll never stand firm without being on that foundation of knowing. There's a difference in believing and knowing. We say a lot of things we believe, but I can declare what I know. There's a difference in it. What's God saying to you this morning? Any words coming forth? You're welcome. Dean?
Amen, Jeff. I declare as we stand on the truths of God and His world, <clears throat> His word and being led by His Spirit that we are ascending. We're living up to our name. We're ascending. I love you and bless you. I'm glad you're here today. I pray you'll join us Wednesday night. I pray you go share His love this week. It's not as hard as you think. Dixie and I, two days in Branson, so of course we had to go to Walmart twice. She wanted a new trash can. And we asked this lady, said, where's the trash can? She said, right over there. <laughs> she said, no, I mean one you could buy. You know. <laughs> when I came out, I just said, Jesus really looks good on you. That melted her. I mean, just say a word to somebody. You can discern whether they know. I sat by a lady on the airplane and she didn't want me to minister to her. Some do, some don't. Share his love. Bring the fruit back. Any other word? Lord, we just thank you. We offer this back up to you. That you have chosen us and ordained us to be who you have called us to be. You have empowered us to be who you says we are. In Jesus' name, amen.